Welcome to this, the next edition of our daily devotions, coming to you from Church of the Palms in Sarasota, Florida. We're always happy that you've chosen to join us for these few minutes of reflection and wonder about God's Word. So let us now prepare our hearts and minds by listening to some beautiful music. pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Our scripture lessons today are both from the New Testament. The first comes from Luke chapter 8, verses 40 through 56. Hear the word of God. Now, when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. And just then there came a man named Jairus, a leader of the synagogue, and he fell at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his house, for he had an only daughter, about 12 years old, who was dying. As he went, the crowds pressed in on him, and now there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years, and though she had spent all she had on physicians, no one could cure her. And she came up behind Jesus and touched the fringe of his clothes, and immediately her hemorrhage stopped. Then Jesus asked, Who touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowd surrounds you and presses in on you. But Jesus said, No, someone touched me, for I noticed that power had gone out from me. 
And when the woman saw that she could not remain hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him, and she declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And Jesus said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. And while he was still speaking, someone came from the leader's house to say, Oh, your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher any longer. But when Jesus heard this, he replied, Do not fear, only believe, and she will be saved. And when he came to the house, he did not allow anyone to enter with him except Peter, John, and James, and the child's father and mother. And they were all weeping and wailing for her. But he said, Do not weep, for she is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But he took her by the hand and called out, Child, get up. Her spirit returned, and she got up at once. And then he directed them to give her something to eat. Her parents were astounded, but he ordered them to tell no one what had happened. Our second lesson is from Romans chapter 14, verses 13 through 19. Let us therefore no longer pass judgment on one another, but resolve instead never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of another. I know and, and, and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but it is unclean for anyone who thinks is unclean. If your brother or sister is being injured by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. Do not let what you eat cause the ruin of one for whom Christ died. So do not let your good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not food and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And the one who thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and has human approval. Let us then pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I am a hockey fan. I love to watch hockey. I've never played hockey. Well, I played floor hockey when I was young, but never ice hockey. So I, I can only claim a certain knowledge of the sport. Uh, I love hockey because it's fast, it's rough, and it displays amazing physical and ama amazing mental talent of amazing players. I started out a Detroit Red Wings fan, but I've become a Lightning fan over the years and can be found at a few Lightning games each season. One of the things that always amazes me about really good hockey players is their awareness of where everybody else is on the ice. Really good players know where everybody else is. When you're stick handling a puck or going headlong into the boards with an opposing player or setting up for a power play, the good players know where everybody else is. Because in hockey, passing is as important or maybe more important than shooting. You are always looking for the player who might be in the better position to shoot. One of the threads that seems to be woven through so much of the New Testament is the spiritual gift of awareness. Awareness is a word that can be used, I think, to describe the ministry of Jesus. Jesus, when he walked from town to town and from home to home, seemed to always be aware in fact, it can be said that the whole life, mission, and ministry of Jesus was for God to be aware of us. God gets as close as human contact to become fully aware 
of who we are and our human condition. Jesus submits to John's baptism to become aware. He hikes into the wilderness to become aware. He walks through the villages of Palestine and stops in people's homes to become aware. He teaches about the kingdom of God with an awareness of all those who surrounded him. The religious leaders are tempted to hold themselves up in echelons of sacred places, but Jesus is out with the folks that no, not everybody pays attention to, prostitutes, tax collectors, sick people, hungry people, blind people, lepers, the demon-possessed. Jesus sees these people eye to eye. He touches them hand to hand. So in our lesson from Luke, Jesus becomes aware of a 12-year-old girl who is seriously ill. He heeds the call to go to her home, but on the way is surrounded by a crowd of people. And Jesus then becomes aware that someone has reached out and pulled his cloak, someone hoping for healing. Scripture says that Jesus felt a certain power go out from him. He, he is aware of one among many. And sure enough, there is this woman who has been ill for 12 years, for as long as that little girl had lived. And she has made a desperate attempt, attempt to touch the hem of Jesus' robe. She's been shunned by the religious people because her condition renders her unclean. But Jesus, body, mind, and spirit, becomes aware of her presence and condition. And by that awareness, she eventually is healed. Which makes me wonder if one of the conditions for healing is just that, just that, awareness. When Paul writes to the Romans, as he does to so many of the early churches, he tells them how important it is for them to be aware of the others in their community and to be careful of what you do and how it could possibly be a discouragement to others. In other words, don't be casual with your behavior because others are taking from you cues about the kingdom. So what a person ate back then was an important code of conduct and Paul basically says, you know, it's not about what you want to eat. It's about what others perceive you doing. Be aware of those who are watching. So when Jesus says that when we visit the sick and feed the hungry and give drink to the thirsty, when we do it to the least of these, we do it to him. He's teaching us again about awareness. You, you encounter Jesus the more you become aware of the hidden people in this world. When Jamar Tisby visited our church and talked about the issues of racism in the church and in America, he encouraged us to take the journey of ARC, A-R-C, Awareness, Relationships, and Commitment. Read, study, talk to people of color, become friends with people who live in a different racial world than you, and only then will healing really occur. Jesus said the kingdom of God is like a shepherd who becomes aware of the one sheep out of the hundred sheep who has managed to stray away. And so the good shepherd's awareness leads him to leave the 99 to find the lost one. It all begins with awareness. When the lost son limps home to his father, Scripture says that the loving father noticed the, fa the boy from afar off well, he must have been looking all along. He must have been become aware by virtue of his looking, and he ran to his boy. I don't think the world gets better from our pontification. 
I don't think the world gets better from our political arguments. I don't think the world gets better from, you know, one of us reading an article online and thinking that that contains all the truth. No, the world gets better, I think, when we attune our hearts, our minds, our spirits to all those who are around us, hear their stories, feel their pain, and then offer them the power we have, the only power we really have, which is the love and grace of Jesus. Let us pray. Oh God, we are tempted to make the world more about us than about anybody else, to hold ourselves up in our narrow cloisters, unaware of who might be around us. Open our eyes, our hearts, our minds, our spirits to the people around us that we might be the extension of your healing touch. Amen.